Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Daniel. I am one of your hosts today and joining alongside me is Shabazz. Hey everybody, how are you guys doing today? Don't answer because you can't. Not because I mean, like you're tied over. up or anything. Yeah, I mean, or I mean, they could just pull over if they're listening to us in the car. Send right. us an email. Let us know. Right, right, right. Fair enough. And Anthony. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing today? I'm going to get you to start us off, Anthony. I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, got over a huge ton of snow last week, or I guess the week yeah. prior. Ton of snow. Still cold. Dealing with that. But other than that, you know, just chilling. Watching content, TV, movies, playing games. But yeah, that's it. You sound like a robot. You sound just, I was going to say, you sound just very just like mellow right now. Yeah, man. Uh, I was watching uh, content. Yeah, because like, I was watching I content. Was watching <laughs> content yeah, visual because that's images. what it is. It's just sometimes... It was, just... it was some audiovisual content that I was watching. And according to my research <laughs> and database... Can I, can I watch the internet? Because I spend most of my time on the internet. You can been, watch the internet. You can. Now, were you, were you watching it? The TV, which is content, <laughs> just because... Were you yeah, watching it like ones and zeros, like in code, or were you watching it normally? Um, no, I was uh, just watching the internet. It just uh, happened. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. definitely a robot. Uh, Shay, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how you're doing so much after that, whatever Anthony just said, but how are you Dude, doing I'm, before that? I'm confident that Anthony is a Terminator. Uh, he's a T-800 oh, for sure. I'm the low, low, low end. <laughs> yeah, you're the first like beta version, like a T400. Like they doesn't, they, doesn't yeah. even know how to kill no. or anything. He's just no, no. to do it. Can't even hold a gun. He's, can't even cook a meal. No. One of those terminators. But he's still learning how to love, though. Still, still learning how to love. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know what? Here's the thing. We're 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 easing into the show because this is without a doubt probably one of the biggest uh news weeks that we've had mm-hmm. in a really long time i would say almost ever ever not necessarily in the size of the stories because they definitely do vary um but there was just i felt like every other hour this week something big was dropping a trailer was dropping news mm-hmm. was breaking mm-hmm. um it was just non-stop but as always you could catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes on all the latest movies and series. Make sure you follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, join our Discord, and write into the show at hello at the moviepodcast.ca. Check out our show notes for all of those links and more. We do have a mailbag question this week. So this comes from Lynn. Hey, Daniel, Shabazz, and Anthony. I have been a long-time listener of the show and look forward to your weekly episodes. You guys have inspired me to make my New Year's resolution this year, uh, sorry, my New Year's resolution this year connected to movies and film. I'm challenging myself to dive into more movies that I haven't seen since I usually gravitate towards the same rotation of comfort films and shows. When making my list of movies to check off, I noticed that a lot of the ones being recommended to me, including legacy sequels and continuations of popular series, for example, The Matrix, Terminator, Dark Fate, Scream, Halloween. uh, I'm sure one of you would agree that a lot of movie releases and shows these days have been tugging at the nostalgia strings with these new installments and reunion specials. My question to you is this. Are you enjoying these trips on the nostalgia train, or do you feel like it's being overplayed, overdone, and would prefer brand new content? I had a great discussion about this with my husband and was just curious what the movie podcast hosts think. Keep up the great work, you guys. Lynn, she put a little happy face. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we speak a lot about legacy sequels. Obviously in this last past year, we had Halloween, we have scream that just came out. Uh, we had Spider-Man no way home pulling out the nostalgia strings. Anthony, I'm going to get you to start us off. Where are you with the legacy sequels? And do you think they've been balancing, you know, telling new stories while also kind of respecting and bringing forth what's come before? Personally, I would rather have new content than legacy sequels and nostalgia stuff. Um, but again, movies are like music. There's we've in the the whole world we've pretty much seen everything, so it's hard to come out with new content and be liked when you can build on content from years ago and like continue that story because I think people will be familiar with it and gravitate towards it and and. In terms of studios, they'll make more money off of it rather than building a new character that hopefully someone would like and, you know, have that. The day, this day and age, it's hard to do uh, a movie that is brand new and then continue it. I guess John Wick being one of them is, is, is a character that I feel like he's, he's had three movies. He doesn't need a fourth, but that's, that's, that's it. I don't want, but we're any, getting it. We don't we're want any more John Wick. Um, but I rather have new content, but it it's a tricky question because it's hard to fall in love with new content now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, or even 10 years ago, I think, as yeah. well, right? It's a different time. But even when you look at John Wick, John Wick has a lot of references to The Matrix and some of the cast members. So it's like, True. even though it's not uh, a straight up legacy sequel or anything attached to it, it still does have those connections to what's come before uh shay where are you with this yeah yeah you know kind of in the same boat as anthony in the sense but a different boat also um oh, no no I'm just kidding no I, I i agree that there's there's a it's a lot like music it's a lot like fashion you know movies kind of tend to repeat themselves down the road we're at this point in hollywood right now where we're also in this big technology boom like if you compare it back to the 90s um you know that at that time they were just trying to make movies you know that looked cool there wasn't much attention to them like they would never they didn't care about sticking to the source material for most of the stuff that they were also making um there seems to be a lot more of a focus on that now i i do like the nostalgia train as well i feel like um it's always it's always kind of comforting uh especially with the pandemic we've been in watching a movie that makes me feel comfortable i think is some of the best feelings but hey i'm always down for new original content the problem is there is a lot of good original content out there but um you know we talk about this a lot you gotta you gotta vote with your wallet and i feel like a lot of people still don't go and support the movies that they keep asking for so they're like hey i want the newest this i want the freshest that but when it finally comes out they're like oh i'll just pirate it or i'll I'll wait when it's like super cheap to watch it so it's like hey it's coming out you just got to support it so we're kind of in this weird balance that you really have to pay attention to what's actually coming outside um right but i'm but but i'm a fan of both i like nostalgia but i'm also here for the new yeah I'm, i'm 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 right with you guys i mean when you look at something like even like let's look at Halloween. And I think we'll talk about the 2018 Halloween. We'll not talk about last year's. Um, that was a legacy sequel that was telling a new story, but was using the foundation that was built in the first Halloween movie. And I think that did such a good job with mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's different. Um, where Spider-Man No Way Home did a great job with it, but they, that was more of a nostalgia bringing characters back. So there's room for both where you could tell a new original story with having ties to an original thing 
or you could have a sequel and you know pull at those heartstrings with bringing toby bringing andrew back which i think it works it works when you're telling a good story at the end of the day if you're telling a good story that is that is key for everything in your movie you have mm-hmm. want to make sure the story is good because you could make anything uh like i mean you can make anything uh like a, a nostalgia play, but it's not going to necessarily be good. I look at, you know, the fast and the furious film from last year, F nine, where it's like, you know what? People like Tokyo drift. People like Tan as a character. We're going to bring him back. It made zero sense. Mm-hmm. It made zero narrative sense. It was the dumbest shit in the world, mm-hmm. but that was a nostalgia play of just bringing somebody back from the movies that they really liked. And they explained it in the dumbest way possible. I'm sorry. If you like that movie, great. There's, I think there's some really cool aspects in that film, but bringing Han back is the most ridiculous thing ever that they've done in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also a movie where they go to space. So let's just say that. <laughs> but it just there's there's ways of doing it well. And when it's done well, I think it hits and it lands and it becomes part of our pop culture and it becomes part of that zeitgeist of movies that we go and we love. Um, but when it's not done well, I think it's just forgettable and I think it cheapens the experience. Um, Anthony, I know you had something to say there. No, I didn't. No, I was just never mind. Uh, agree- I was agreeing with you. Um, okay, but yeah, uh, one of the references was like Spider-Man: No Way Home, taking you know th- two different Spider-Mans from a different franchise, we'll say from from Spider-Man, and bring him into one and working and making that work well. Uh, then Fast and the Furious not doing so well. You don't want you don't want your movies to turn into like these comic book stories where you're bringing people back from the dead when they yeah. died you know like that's very he's died twice a, on screen man it's very twice. common in a comic book like oh no they're not really dead they'll come back in some sort of way yeah. it's like this you know we'll go into a multiverse of ver- different versions or back in time you just you don't want that especially for a, a film franchise like once they're dead they're dead and i also right. think like once the story's done it's done and maybe waiting 20 years 30 years for the next version of that character's story or then building on that that last film might make sense just because there's enough time that's passed sure Uh, like even for the matrix was it 20 years since the last matrix came out essentially yeah almost it didn't it didn't do well like personally it was an okay film but it wasn't the film i wanted so in that case like i really didn't need this fourth one because it just didn't really do anything for me it just wasn't what i expected it, it feels like just something that's with that stuff. just going to be there. It feels yeah. like it's something that's just going to exist and be like, oh, yeah, this happened. But it's not something that's going to be part of that conversation going forward. Like, I, it can hurt. I, I look at the movie like like Nobody, for example, because, Anthony, you brought up John Wick. And, you know, I think if you have a character like John Wick that did so well, yes, you know, you made part two, which is okay, then part three. And you keep going and going and going. Again, you don't need that many parts. But the pivot to a movie like Nobody, I found a lot better where it still utilized a lot of the same narrative storytelling and a lot of the same visual style, but it was a whole new character and a kind of a a slightly different tone on the character too. So I preferred that. Like if we get movies that are almost within the same world, kind of borrowing some of that, you know, lineage and then creating their own kind of thing. I like that. And I probably because I just watched nobody. And when we get to our, you know, what we're watching, but it, it stood out to me a lot more. And I'm like, Oh, I prefer this a lot more than John wick two and three. 
For sure. And I mean, there's lots to discuss here. I think this is probably another topic for a whole episode on another day. But Lynn, thank you so much for writing in. And of course, if you want to write into the show, please send us an email at hello at themoviepodcast.ca. We have some quick announcements before we get into our news, our biblical long list of news that we have coming at you um so quick need to knows uh next week on the movie podcast we will be discussing our most anticipated movies of the year so please let us know what you are looking forward to this year uh we're going to be throwing this question out on our social media channels all this week so make sure you reply on instagram twitter wherever you follow us and discord um because we want to talk about what you're looking forward to and then of course next week you'll be here uh you'll be able to hear what we're looking forward to um you can also email us at hello at the movie podcast.ca let's use that email let's let's use it i think it's great it's a good time i promise you um we have some new episodes out on the feed right now um you can catch our spoiler free review of the after party which is the new christopher miller uh, Apple TV Plus series. It's a murder mystery. Absolutely phenomenal show. Uh, definitely check out our review of the first three episodes. No spoilers, we promise. Uh, and also, if you want to check out our episode from last week, we have our friend of the show, Brick and Nick, on where he talks about streaming on Twitch and his PS5 and Xbox Series X builds um, that he's currently ha- that he currently has on Lego Ideas. So definitely support Nick and then listen to our episode as well uh this week on the movie podcast feed uh you could catch our review of pam and tommy this is the pamela anderson and tommy lee uh hulu um original series coming out on february 2nd our review is going to be dropping on wednesday at 12 a.m and it's for the first three episodes and again no spoilers but without further ado let's get into the news a little, a little, I feel like Anthony added like thing. seven extra twos there. A- Anthony, Anthony gave no. a little harmony as well. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> Hold on, was that, was that the Super Mario? Anthony, theme what's the going on there? <laughs> Look, I did the right amount of dues. Yeah, well, at the right amount of times. At the we can't question it. Moment of when it was due. <laughs> Listen, Daniel, you're, when you're editing the episode, you report back yeah. to us and let us know the how many extra comes were in there. I will let you know. I will 100% let you know. Uh, but we have to get this right out of the way. First news story Ontario announces plan to reopen concert venues and movie theaters. This is coming from Alex Hudson of Exclaim. Ontario has announced a plan to gradually ease its current lockdown restrictions, including laying out the schedule for reopening for reopening concert venues, nightclubs, movie theaters, and more. The three-step process begins on January 31st as seated concert venues, bars without dancing, theaters, and cinemas, along with indoor dining, gyms, sporting events, and more, can operate at 50% seated capacity or with 500 people whichever is less private gatherings will increase to 10 people indoors up from five or 25 people outdoors. No concession will be sold in theaters as of yet. If you want to see the full list and the schedule of what's coming with these restrictions, I know this is very specific to Ontario listeners of the movie podcast. Definitely check out Alex's article. Uh, but Shay, I'm going to get you to start us off here. What is your thoughts on Ontario cinemas reopening finally after about three weeks of being closed and where are you? Where are you? Where's your head right now, Shay? Look, Daniel, you know as well as I do that I think that we didn't even need to close. So the fact that we're finally opening has got me happy. I can't wait to go see Scream. I, I'm hoping we don't close for the Batman for some reason. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm here. I don't understand the not eating thing, to be honest, though. Like, if you can go to a restaurant and eat and you're at, you know, 50% capacity in a restaurant, 
50% capacity in the movie theater should allow me to eat as well. Like popcorn and, and, and the cinema are two things that I feel go hand in hand. And I, when I don't get them, I always feel like I'm forgetting something. Like I left my keys at home. Right. And it's strange, especially with the 50% in a movie theater is a lot less, uh, it's a lot less people and a lot more space than what you would get at a restaurant. Yeah. So do you think very strange decisions? Do you think it's because it's like the etiquette of a theater is not as um, respected as when you go to a restaurant? Oh, in terms of how the government looks at movie theaters no, and the just, arts? Just in this, no, not they, just the yes. arts, but like <laughs> just the general people who go to uh, a theater compared to going to a restaurant the etiquette of eating popcorn might be a little bit more we'll say out there than when you go to a restaurant and you eat like a normal person i'm just curious so how do you think people are eating popcorn though? well you know they what you like, you, you see this. people like using phones in the theater so they were probably eating their popcorns <laughs> while sneezing and just <laughs> dude how many times I, have we been listen. to a theater and we just see popcorn <laughs> fly up in the air because it's not that. what are you talking about <laughs> not, dude, never what like angle are you watching <laughs> Puffs of popcorn <laughs> just popping out. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Anthony goes to the screenings where they pop their own popcorn yeah, in the seats. They're exploding they're... popcorn in the movie theater. But uh, but I here's the thing, though. I promise you those same people who eat like that in a movie theater will one hundred percent eat like that in a restaurant. Yes. <laughs> I. You know what, Anthony? I've seen popcorn fly in movies, but never in a movie theater, I think. Even <laughs> in Spider-Man, when people were cheering and clapping, I don't think I saw popcorn fly in the air at all. I saw, definitely saw people get like the Gatorade moments, like in, in the, at the end of a game. At like, the end of a game, people dumping their pop on each other, yeah. like when Toby shows up. That definitely happened, but no popcorn. The popcorn stayed safe. Popcorn stayed safe. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's 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 strange. I'm sure this will change in one of the phases or levels that we have to go through in this. Probably February. Thing. I'll say February. It'll Probably change. February. Yeah. I just want to watch the Batman with popcorn. That's that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but luckily. Theaters are reopening up again now in Ontario, and you know we're we're very close to the Batman. We're about five weeks away from the Batman, and you know we're in the we're on Batman watch now. So Shay's already wearing a T-shirt. Shay's already wearing the Batman T-shirt. So um, we do not have long now, and hopefully theaters will stay open so we can watch it. Next news story. This is a bit of a longer one. so stick with me on this as we kind of break this down. Joss Whedon breaks silence on misconduct allegations, calls Ray Fisher a bad actor in both senses. This is coming from Adam B. Very of Variety. Filmmaker Joss Whedon has broken his silence on the multiple allegations of misconduct against him from productions he oversaw, including the 2017 film Justice League and his influential TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In a lengthy interview with new york magazine that published on monday whedon denied gal gadot's uh, allegation that he threatened her career while working on justice league which whedon took over after director Zack snyder withdrew from filming following a family tragedy i don't threaten people who does that whedon told new york english is not her first language and i tend to be annoyingly flowery in my speech whedon said he told uh, gadot about uh, so that she would have to tie his body to a railroad track before he would cut a scene she wanted removed. And that Godot misunderstood as Whedon threatened to tie her to a track instead. Godot's response to the story, I understood perfectly. So we're going to pause here because there's more to this story. I- I'm more blown away that Joss Whedon would even give an interview and 
talk about any of this. Um, Anthony, I'm going to get you to open up the floor to us. We're just talking about the Gal Gadot situation right now. Why is Joss Whedon still here and talking about this? Yeah, I guess it, I guess it. I, I remember him removing himself off of social platforms um, because of just him interacting with people. And um, he's, I guess he really says what he believes. And doing this interview, everything that's led up to it, he, I guess, was it was bothering him. So that's why he kind of said what he said. I just don't understand, like, the character that he is is so weird because growing up with, like, Buffy and then him doing certain comics and now doing the Avengers, you didn't really see And he see wrote that. Toy Story as well, yeah. And you don't really see that, but, man, this guy is a huge asshole. This is, like, yeah. right now, like, this, the Gal Gadot story right now is he's an asshole. He mocks her. He treats her like garbage like oh she her english is not her first language i'm like i'm pretty sure she's been in a lot and i don't know if that's just him being facetious like she speaks uh, english so, like she has an yeah. accent doesn't mean like it she just doesn't it's understand. so uncomfortable it's yeah. so uncomfortable that he would even say that so he's just being an asshole and he's just being like i don't give a fuck pretty yeah. much but it's like i don't you're ruining your your legacy now because of the way you're presenting yeah. yourself um, there's people who double respectful, de- respectful yeah. manner. There's people who, in these situations, when things come out about them, they'll either bury their head in the sand or they'll get combative. And now Defensive. he's getting combative, and yeah. he's and it's not working in his favor. Shay, where are you with this so far? This story, I, I don't. I have no idea who asked for Mr. Whedon's opinions on anything or is talking to him like what a weird thing to go back to like it and and it's i think he sat there going like oh yeah people are gonna be on my side after this one who who would ever want to be on your side like i was blown away by his reaction like the words he was choosing weren't surprising to me but it was like man why are you digging yourself a deeper hole like what is yeah. what do you not understand? Like, are you this stupid? We at least thought he had somewhat of a brain, but clearly not. We were completely off mark. But yeah, yeah. I mean, calling Ray Fisher a bad actor is bizarre, in my opinion. Um, oh, we're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to get there. Yeah. And then, and talking about Gal Gadot. Yes, she has an accent. Okay. Gal Gadot isn't the greatest actress in the world. This is, this is no surprise to anybody, but you got to work with your actors. You got to work with what you have. And saying that about them is extremely arrogant, in my opinion. So, yeah. And the thing, and the thing that's so dumb about the Gal Gadot situation as well is that it was a scene that she didn't want in the movie. And I'm assuming it's a scene where the flash falling on her, on her, on her cleavage, mm-hmm. you know. And then, and Joss is like, "No, I'm not taking it out." And it's just like that's ridiculous. Um, so. The article goes on to say, uh, Whedon is less forgiving in his assessment of Ray Fisher. The actor's July 2020 allegation that Whedon's behavior making Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable was the spark that led to the collapse of Whedon's career. In December 2020, Warner Brothers said an investigation into Fisher's claims resulted in unspecified remedial action. Weeks after, HBO said Whedon was withdrawing as executive producer of The Nevers. Fisher also alleged in a Forbes interview from October that he was told Whedon had lightened an actor of color's complexion in Justice League because he didn't like the skin tone, which Forbes later retracted. 
to New York, Whedon says he had brightened the entire movie, including all of the actors' faces that he talked with Fisher for, and he talked with Fisher for hours about his changes. He says he significantly cut down Fisher's screen time because Cyborg's storyline logically made no sense, and that Fisher's, Fisher's performance was lacking. He denied Fisher's allegations, saying none were true or merited discussing. Instead, Whedon claimed that Fisher's actions were done in bad faith, meant to sully Whedon's reputation and reconstitute Snyder's in advance of the release of the Snyder Cut. We're talking about a malvoyant force, Whedon said. We're talking about a bad actor in both senses. Representatives for Fisher did not immediately respond to a request to comment from Variety. However, Fisher directly acknowledged and refuted Whedon's new statements through his official Twitter late Monday morning. Looks like Joss Whedon got to direct an endgame after all, Fisher wrote. Rather than addressing uh, addressing all of the lies and buff- buffoonery today, I will be celebrating the legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Tomorrow the work continues. And this all happened on Mar- Martin Luther King Day as well, too. And he's attacking a black actor on Martin Luther King Day, which is just the the insanity of this whole thing. Jay, I want to get you to continue off because because you uh, started addressing the Ray Fisher comments. Yeah, you know, you can have your opinions about an actor on screen and you can come at them, but a good director would work with the actors, try to find, you know, what works, what clicks, design the scene around them and also help them with their acting if that's the thing, but not come months after, years after and be like, yeah, no, he was just a bad actor. Five years after. Yeah, like he was just a bad actor. Like that. That really just seems like the bottom of the barrel kind of response to kind of give to this whole situation. This is a an insane point to be at. I, I think I I think Joss needs to just move to a different country, lay low for a long, long time. Him and Kevin Spacey just kind of hanging out, maybe, and then come back whenever you think that you've addressed your life's concerns and you're a better person. But you know, I feel bad for Ray. Ray was one of those people that. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know if his career in Hollywood is gonna stick around or is gonna be there at all. But you know, he really wanted to fight for the injustice, and I feel like his Justice League team let him down in some points as well. Like, I feel like they saw a lot of what happened. They witnessed it. They were also you know victims of it as well, but never really kind of came to his support. Um, they kind of just went off about their own things. And I, at the end of the day, it is Hollywood, so whatever you say, you got to be careful about or else your career is over. So there was a lot of career watching while at the same time, oh, yeah, I think Joss did that. But what he really, to me, was upsetting too. But it's whatever, I'll make past it. Whereas Ray really made it, you know, a part of his a part of his journey uh, through this movie. Right. He really said that, no, this is how I was affected and I'm not going down to the fight. And, you know, and it's sad because, you know, we're in a place right now where, yeah, Ray Fisher is the only one really without a future, at least in the DCEU. He isn't, he is showing up in other projects right now, not as much as his co-stars, but like you look at Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck is still showing up in the flash. Ezra Miller is getting a movie. Gal Gadot is having a third movie. She already had a second movie. Uh, Jason Momoa is filming Aquaman two. Everybody else had a career and was in a place in their careers that they could continue doing projects where Ray Fisher justice league was his first real movie, not including the cameo in Batman vs Superman. And he's the one who stood up, you know, for accountability over entertainment. And it sucks that this is all happening to him. And it's happened to a lot of actors. Um, but you also have Joss, who's just, 
I think he just again, and I don't think anyone's discounting that Josh came in. Josh came into a project that, yeah, Justice League narratively is all over the place. And yes, we have the Snyder Cut that came out last year, and it's a four and a half hour long movie. No movie should have to be that long to tell its story or to at least make sense and be coherent. But no one's doubting the job that Joss had was hard coming in so late in the game, trying to put together a story under the under the restrictions that Warner Brothers put on him. But we can fault him for being an asshole. We could fault him for being racist and we could fault him for being abusive to the cast members, to Gal, to Ray Fisher, because there's no room for that anywhere. And the fact that he came out with this art, like that the New York magazine would even do an, an, uh, an interview with him to give him a platform is really upsetting in the first place. And I'm glad that we could talk to it in condemning him because it doesn't feel like the article really. No takes a side again it's it's an article it's supposed to be neutral i get it but it just seems strange to give a a, like a a real platform to a person to kind of say their side when their side is kind of known already Mm -hmm. uh anthony where are you with this well like the article i'm just looking at it now it's like the first line is the undoing of joss whedon so i guess it it is like painting him in a different picture than what uh we might have seen him as so I think the article did showcase to the world and to at least uh, to the people in our realm that he is in doubt and definitely a piece of shit. So yeah, that like, he's done I, his career is done. He, yeah. It's, he, I don't know if he has any projects, but I feel like they, this article will affect a lot of his work down the line. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm just over this whole thing. Truthfully, like I'm just done with everything that's this, you know, Justice League movie and all the toxic toxicity that came from it. Yeah, I'm just done with it. Like I don't want to read another new story about it. I I do feel bad for Ray Fisher, and I feel like you know when you put it in that that perspective, Daniel, where like a lot of his co-stars are getting these big movies, and here he is fighting for his rights to voice his voice to get his story out there is just sad because you know it's affected him the most and i remember yep. talking about it like back oh, a year and a half ago like saying man just say what you want to say ray and he's he was so yeah. vague about his stuff on twitter and and then he slowly came out and said it but then there was no proof to to back it up and now we we see the proof you know like we can we could call someone a racist but not have the proof of being a racist we could call someone you know um piece of shit but not actually have that that concrete evidence and this article really showcases that and yeah you know i it just i do feel bad for him i hope he gets more uh, like options in terms of roles i know he's been doing some tv stuff and some movies um but i do want him to like i hope that he's found closure with it and just puts this behind him and he continues to work on his career because I feel like I don't want this to be his career. Yeah. And then again, this could be a movie. Like this whole story, just it like could be the making of The Godfather is a TV show. This whole thing could be one day a TV show on its own, which I can it will see. be. And and knowing Warner Brothers, will be an HBO Max original, and they'll be the villains in it again because they love making themselves the villains in their movies, especially in the last year. Um, one more thing I just want to say on this, you know, cause Shay mentioned it. Um, you're right, Shay, in the sense of, you know, his castmates not really standing on their and using their platforms to address this because they all had a lot more bargaining chips at the table than Ray did. 
and especially Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot and Ezra Miller and everyone in that movie, everyone's, I think, been so protective of their own careers of moving forward and away from Justice League, which was just a colossal, um, like nuclear bomb of a movie. Be careful, man. And everyone's been trying to move away from it. Be careful. The, the Snyder bros will come for you. They know well, where you live. I, well, I'm talking about the 2017. I, I'm talking about the 2017 film. Yeah, but there's there's got to be a group of people out there that love that too. You know, they'll the, come the for Sna- you. Snyder Bros for Joss. Yeah, maybe the Joss no, Bros. I hope not. We knights. We knights. I believe. We we knights. It could be the Weed knights. Uh, moving on from this story, and hopefully the last time we'll have to talk about it. Um, Let's put it in the past. Heat fans rejoice. Michael Mann and Meg Gardner novel Heat 2 has an August 9th publication date and will detail the lives of characters before and after the 1995 crime classic. This is coming from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. Michael Mann is ready to rip on Heat 2, a novel he has written with Edgar winner Meg Gardner that expands the tapestry of his 1995 crime classic film. The surprise here, the novel coming out August 9th from William Morrow through the HarperCollins-based Michael Mann books imprint will tell an original story about the lives of the characters that the movie, both sorry, of the movie both before and after the events depicted in the movie. It's been my intention for a long time to do the further stories of Heat, Mann told Deadline. There was always a rich history or backstory about the events in these people's lives before 1995 and Heat and projection of where their lives would take them after. The book represents the first novel from Michael Mann, Michael Mann Books, which signed a multi-million dollar deal with HarperCollins imprint William Morrow, and it marks Mann's debut as a novelist. Uh, Shay, I know you're a huge Heat fan, so I'm going to get you to open this up. We're in a place now that we maybe could have had this with DH and CG, or I don't know, but we're doing a novel. How do you feel about being in a novel? Oh, I'm not going to read it. Um, not much of a book reader. Maybe if they do like an audiobook like Anthony loves, then I'll probably give it a listen. But this is this is cool. Um I I don't know if like there is a huge fan base out there for a Heat 2 book. I I can't imagine there is. I mean, I feel like people love the movie. Um but even then it's it's been so long since the film came out and I feel like it doesn't stay there's been so many movies now that have referenced Heat and some of them that have done it better that people now gravitate towards them before they gravitate towards heat. Again, I love heat. I think it's a phenomenal film. I absolutely enjoy it. It's extremely long though, in my opinion, but um, love it. I just, I just don't, I, I don't have any ways about a heat to book. I think, Michael Mann is also at that stage in his life where he also isn't making the greatest movies anymore either. Like he's kind of like, you know, he, he, he did his best work before and now he's just kind of there. I don't know if there's a good story to be told. I feel like it is a one story kind of movie. If he has something to develop on further, sure. I, I hope whatever, you know, Cole's notes come out from this book when this book is finally released will be interesting. But I, I don't know if there's much more to tell about these characters. Anthony, how about yourself? I'm I'm down for it for it. Uh I'd rather prefer it in a book than a movie, just because I feel like you could get a lot more done with a a store in a in a novel than just going straight to a film and then maybe maybe if the book does succeed and becomes popular it could be turned into a movie i also like that the fact that michael mann is doing it he wrote the first heat and he's continuing the story so he feels like this is this there is enough information for me to tell the book this is not just for um a money grab type of thing like 
Heat is a very um, cult type of movie. Like, not everyone loves it, but it's it's a popular film, and there's a big group of people who do. And I do want to know kind of where these characters came from and where they ended up. And I know some of them died, some of them lived. Like, what 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 happened? So it's always good to have the original creator continue because I feel like he must have had more story to tell, but he couldn't tell it. And that's why he's coming out with the book. And Heat is, it's a crime story. So it works well in the book. You know, yeah, it works, I think, it works I, I think well right. in, a, in a story like that. So I'm always down for the original creators to continue. And this is the same thing with the, you know, the shining when they did, when Stephen King did a sequel to it, um, that was a f- fantastic book. And it was a great movie to tell you the truth. And a lot of people don't talk about but I'm down with it. I'm down to see more about, you know, the characters from Heat, especially like Val Kilmer's character, which I always like liked the most because uh, he was the coolest looking back in that time with the mask yeah, and the long hair. And he really was the, the suaveness of his character. But um, yeah, 100 percent. Awesome. I mean, we're, we don't have to wait long for this. I mean, oh my gosh, actually, it's August, so it's 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 a good chunk of time away still. But I mean, it's not like it's years away. Um, but it's cool that this is happening, and um, you know, maybe we'll give it a shot when it comes down the line. Uh, continuing on with the news stories this week on this uh, historic week of news: Bong Joon Ho, Robert Pattinson teaming for Warner Brothers sci-fi movie. This is coming from Aaron Couch and Boris Kidd of the Hollywood Reporter. Parasite Oscar winner Bong Joon Ho has found his next film the filmmaker will write and direct an untitled sci-fi movie for warner brothers with actor robert pattinson in talks a star the hollywood reporter has confirmed the project will be based on mickey seven a forthcoming novel from author edwin sorry edward ashton mickey seven is described as andy weir's the martian meets blake crouch's dark matter it centers on mickey seven a man on an expedition to colonize the ice world of Nefelheim. The expendable employee takes uh, takes a job too risky for anyone else, uh, and when he dies, he regenerates as a clone with most of his memories intact. When Mickey Seven is presumed dead, he returns to the mission base only to see that a new clone, Mickey Eight, has taken his place. The book will be published in the first quarter of this year. So this is another book coming this year, but also is Bong Joon-ho attached to it. Um, what's interesting is I also think we're in a weird time of clone uh movies and shows i mean there's been a bunch that we've seen in the last couple years um where it's like we have like oh this is but uh, but a a lot more less sci-fi feeling but a lot more real world feeling Mm -hmm. i guess that's where we are in society uh shay what do you think about this news this kind of gave me vibes of source code as well you know where you know like almost like not like you're repeating the same thing but you know there's a character that's kind of reliving the events in a way um yeah I guess they must have a lot of faith in this unpublished book yet. So that's, that's something that's pretty surprising. Um, you know, I, we, I've seen a lot of Bong Joon-ho's work and I absolutely love it. I think he's a, he's a great director. He's a great storyteller. Uh, Robert Pattinson right now also is in Warner Brothers Good Graces. I think this is going to be a very interesting film. And I'm, I'm I'm curious about it. I just I'm just surprised that they're so confident on a book. S- some parts of it though seem a little out there for me, but I think when it actually comes out and when we finally start to see something about it, I'll I'll definitely be more interested. Yeah, I mean this is also very similar to Oblivion because isn't Tom Cruise's character a clone in that movie? I believe so. As well too? I've seen Oblivion right? once, and I think that was the, that was the case. Yeah, it's also, Anthony. How about yourself? It's also very similar to like the Sixth Day, you know. 
Clones. Yeah. Clones also, everywhere. <laughs> very similar to The Martian. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> the Martian, but with clones. Yeah. I can't really, I can't really <laughs> comment on this because from what I'm hearing, I don't like stories on clones because I feel like <laughs> They come off like one's enough. And, one's enough to remember. I don't need. I don't need a yeah. second one. Yeah, like I like the the idea of like a twin, very similar to the Prestige, but a clone. You know, here's Mickey Seven. He's the good clone versus Mickey Eight, who's the bad clone. And yeah, you got some Lord of the Rings but, dude in but there. The Prestige, and but the Prestige did have clones though. Yeah, but they died. But they were, they were, they were. That's yeah. why Anthony was happy. He was uh, happy the clones died. You're, you're, you're a dead clone fan. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah. The, the dead. Oh, the dead clone. Yeah, Write that is, down. Is, is that an evil attack of the clones. Uh, attack of the clones. You like that one? Cl- yeah, but even like Swan Song and like that that Paul Rudd series as well too that we just got a couple years ago on Netflix. Um, it's very interesting. We're seeing like these these clone movies and shows starting to pop up a lot more. Yeah. Uh, very very interesting. I mean, Bong Joon Ho. I mean. He gave us Parasite, so whatever he's going to do next. He did, and he does um, well with sci-fi because he did The Snowpiercer, which, again, I watched. I wasn't a huge fan of compared to, like, Parasite because Parasite is more grounded. But he knows his, his way around that sci-fi environment. So. Right. For sure. So we'll see. We'll see when this eventually comes out. Um, but, again, I mean, the Batman's coming out very soon, and I'm sure there's going to be a trilogy of movies coming from that. Because speaking of Batman, the runtime has been revealed, clocking in at nearly three hours. This is coming from Matt Velli of Collider. The runtime for Matt Reeves' upcoming superhero detective thriller, The Batman, has been revealed. Insiders at Warner Brothers are reporting that the Robert Pattinson starring film will have a hefty runtime of two hours and 55 minutes, making it the longest standalone Batman film to date. These insiders have confirmed that the latest film outing for the Cape Crusader will have a nearly three-hour runtime, which includes an eight-minute credit sequence. With the film's runtime, it will fall under, just under Marvel's Avengers Endgame, which ran for three hours and one minute as the longest theatrically released superhero film. The film will also, uh, the film is also 11 minutes longer than Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, which currently wears the longest solo Batman film crown at two hours and 40 four minutes which will need to pass on to the, sorry which it will need to pass on to the batman come march so like i said at the top of the show we are approaching very closely to the batman we're five weeks away from it we're in that we're in the big marketing cycle for it now there's going to be a batman storm coming and now we have the runtime shay since you are wearing the batman shirt i'm going to get you to start us off how do you feel about the runtime of this uh, this film being three hours I didn't think they'd do it. I didn't. I did not think that they had the gall to make this movie nearly three hours long. Um, look, I I'm in the camp of make a movie as long as you want, as long as the pacing and the story is good. One hundred percent. If the pacing is trash, like I, I look at movies like um, you know Avengers Endgame, um, that movie doesn't feel as long as it does to me. Like it, it, it really kind of goes and, and it's, it's smooth enough for me to kind of watch. Um, there are other movies as well, but when I look at a movie like the dark Knight rises, for example, it's a very long film, but there are moments where I'm like really feeling the pace of that film where it gets a bit slow and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just skip past this a little bit. And there are movies that are even shorter that do the same thing. So if this movie is nearly three hours long, but the pacing's good, the story's good, then I'm all here for it. This movie is 
this movie looks like you know a Batman fan's dream. And I know that we've had a hundred different Batman movies, so this is one of those things where it's like, really, how many more can we get? I think this really feels like the culmination of everything that we've gotten in the past now finally put together. We're getting the comic look and we're getting that realistic grounded look, kind of the marriage in between them. So if it's going to be three hours, you you bet your ass I'll be sitting in the seat for all of those hours. There's a lot to establish in this world. I think, you know, Matt Reeves really fought for creative control. This film also has a smaller budget than a lot of other Batman films. It's only a hundred million dollars, which again, I'm saying only a hundred million dollars, but when you compare it to like, Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight and um, MCU movies that are like $200 million plus $100 million. This movie's going to be in the green after its first couple days in theaters. You know, after its first weekend, it's going to be making money for the studio. So I'm all for Matt Reeves telling a story where we could really tell a detective story, really ground it, really, even if it's a slower burn. Um, I think with the way he's going to be telling the story, there's a, we're just going to be so invested in this world. We won't want to leave it. Clearly they have plans for this world because we're getting the Gotham PD show and we're getting a show based around Colin Farrell's the penguin. So there's a lot here. The show's going to, this movie's going to establish a lot. Um, but I'm just so excited to see where it's going to go. Anthony, how are you feeling with the length, uh, the length for this film? Yeah. Like movies that are law, like movies that I'm invested in that are longer. I prefer because there's more story for me. That's how I look at it. It's, I don't think it's going to hurt the story because, you know, from hearing what Matt Reeves have sa- has said, he's so passionate about this film and every character in this movie, he wants to tell a full round story. So I'm 100% committed to him as a director and giving us a three hour story, even if the pacing is a little bit off. Who cares? Like at the end of the day, we're getting a noir style Batman, which I'm a hundred percent for. Yeah. Awesome. And again, we're so it's, it's scary how, how real it feels now. Cause it's okay. We are a month away. Um, tickets are going to be going on sale soon. We're going to start seeing a lot of interviews and a lot more press and marketing and everything leading up to this movie. So it's starting to feel real. And that window, hopefully of them wanting to delay it is, is getting smaller and smaller. So fingers crossed that, Everything releases on planned. Uh, but speaking of movies that aren't releasing as planned, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 delayed. New release date set. This is coming from Tyler uh, uh, Therese at comingsoon.net. Both Mission Impossible 7 and Mission Impossible 8 have been delayed once again. The Tom Cruise action films will now release in 2023 and 2024. Mission Impossible 7 will launch on July 13th, 2023, which is quite the delay from the previous September 30th, 2022 release date. Meanwhile, Mission Impossible 8 has been moved from July 7th, 2023 to June 28th, 2024. After a thoughtful consideration, Paramount Pictures and Skydance have decided to postpone the release dates of Mission Impossible 7 and 8 in response to delays due to the ongoing pandemic. The new release dates will be July 14th, 2023 and June 28th, 2024, respectively. The company said in a joint statement, We look forward to providing moviegoers with an unparalleled theatrical experience. So, here we are again, back in the same cycle that we've been in the last two years. Mission Impossible 7, Mission Impossible 8 have been delayed. Shay, take it away. Man, 
are they ever going to release these movies? Like, what is with Tom Cruise right now and not wanting to release the film? Top Gun, Mission Impossible. Look, I, I, I've talked about, we've talked about this, you know, hours on end, how much we love the Mission Impossible franchise. Um, if they need more time, that's fine. Just, I hope we get to see it soon. I hope this is the last delay. I'm so upset that it's a whole year. Like, this movie is still a year and a half away to us. You know, it went from being September to now July 2023. We were hoping that, you know, this um, Super Bowl, we'd see maybe like a teaser trailer or just something. But no, I, I think right now they're still, I, I thought they were done filming, but I guess they're still. Uh, they were supposedly done filming last year, but from yeah. what I was reading with these delays, that they're not even done a lot of things that they need to do still. Yeah. So they're just I'm, a matter of finishing shooting these things like this this movie i think also has been like this this pandemic era film where you know so much came out from it about you know tom cruise's you know when he lost it on the crew members the covid robots etc 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 so there's a lot that this movie kind of has to deal with um and again because they like to make these movies so grounded there's not that much special effects and you know tweaking they can do they want to make this like old hollywood so i'm here for it i i, I can't i can't wait to see what really happens with this movie. I hope we get some more images and, and videos soon, but I feel like we've been watching this movie being made for, for a long time. It can only mean that Mission we Impossible have, 7 and have. 8 are going to be the best ones because they've taken yep. so much time with them. <laughs> they really have. Anthony, anything to add to what Shay uh, just uh, said? I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in Tom Cruise. I'm very disappointed in Paramount, and I'm very disappointed in the whole, everything that's happened. They've had enough time to film this movie and now to like play on us to say, oh yeah, it's going to come out this year and then to delay it. Okay. It makes sense. But then, you know, when we are in a pandemic and we are now getting used to just living in it now to delay it another year, not just a year, a year and six months. I'm super disappointed, man. This is yeah. like, it's, it's two years I, also like, after it was supposed to come out as well, which is the yeah. same thing as Top Gun. Top Gun was supposed to come out originally 2019, and then it was 2020, and then 2021, and now we're in 2022. This movie's still not out. And if it's a situation like you're saying, like like we're saying, like if they need to actually finish shooting it, that's one thing. That's a totally different argument, and we get that. But just to be sitting on these movies, it's like, oh, man, like that sucks. To think like going back a year, we'll, we'll say what 2020 2020 was that when the whole robot thing like tom cruise had covid robots out there yeah i believe yeah. so yeah in, in the in december of 2020 yes that's i they had enough time to film i don't get it i don't i don't know i don't know what like i don't know the bigger picture i can't believe that they just haven't finished filming because there are so many movies that have finished filming even like the dark even batman finished filming like if batman's done um the matrix was done there's a lot of movies that are done thor is done um doctor strange yeah there's the delays but it's still gonna come out this year a year yeah. and six months give me a break tom cruise <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> that's, Wait, i don't that know he's like gonna a go shirt that we have he's gonna go to space when is he gonna he go is. to space he's gonna turn he's in his 60s yeah, he, go to he's gonna be. Uh, I think yeah. he's gonna be in his seventies by the space time the cut off. They're like, out. hey, listen, you hit sixty, don't even think about coming up. So, you know what? Yeah, but so I mean, with this movie's ahead, delay yeah. now, like, I expect this Mission Impossible to fucking blow my mind because if it doesn't, I'm just gonna. What are you gonna do? 
I'm gonna mission impossible. The mission impossible. Okay. Damn. Damn. I need like damn. We just use the title of the movie against it. <laughs> use the title of the movie as a threat. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, man, we're gonna the movie podcast is going to be like five years old by the time these uh, this, this Shane's movie come have out. Like nine kids. Yeah, he is. And really am is. I am I kidnapping I, them or am I like how is yeah. how am I having nine of them in a we'll, year and a half? Listen, we'll let you we'll let our audience do the math. We'll yeah. let them on the way. The Come on. <laughs> what? I, I, I don't have one on the way. Oh. So I thought you said you have one on the way. Or like, hold nah, on, nah, what are you nah. announcing right now? Nah, on the show. Anna de Armas. <laughs> Story number six. <laughs> Anna de Armas fans sue because she was cut out of yesterday. This is coming from Jean uh, Madas of Variety. Two fans filed a federal class action lawsuit on Friday, alleging they were duped into renting the 2019 film yesterday because Anna de Armas appeared in the trailer. Connor Wolf um, of 38 of Maryland and Peter Michael Rosa, 44 of San Diego county california say they each paid 3.99 to rent a movie on amazon prime only to discover that Dermas was removed from the final cut of the film the suit accuses universal of engaging in deceptive marketing and seeks to recoup at least five million on behalf of affected customers in quotes, because uh, consumers were promised a movie with Anna de Armas by the trailer for yesterday, but did not receive a movie with any appearance of, of Anna de Armas at all, such consumers were not provided with any value for the rental or purchase, the lawsuit states. De Armas was to appear as Roxanne, a love interest who was introduced to Malik on the set of James Corden's talk show. That was a very traumatic cut because she was brilliant in it. I mean, really radiant, Curtis told the outlet. You know, it's one of those things where it's some of your favorite scenes from the film, but we had to cut them for the sake of the whole. Uh, I just want to say fuck you to both these guys for even making this a news story this week. Connor and Peter? Yeah. They would have better luck of just contacting wherever they rented this movie from and just getting a refund. Amazon. Amazon. Just, just... Just literally send them an email. Amazon's pretty great. Send them an email for like refunds and stuff, and they'll respond back pretty quickly. Just send them like, yeah. hey, uh, you know what? This movie I wanted to watch for this reason, but to sue is such a yeah. an American five billion dollars is such an American thing. It's so annoying. It's such they're, clout they're, chasing. They're suing more than she probably got paid for. Oh my movie. god! Yeah. Yes, you know, like it's so ridiculous. Like to have two people. <laughs> sue for a person who's not in the film because they were in the trailer is absolutely an american thing it's such dudes. a fucking american thing like, also fuck it's yourselves. like yeah go, go fuck also, yourselves yeah go fuck yourself and it's like you're suing because that's not her character was just a side character in the movie the main point of the movie is about this guy being in a world with the Beatles not. Yeah, existing I mean, like, in it. do you guys want you porn? Like, shit? what is it? Like, like why? Hundred like, percent. Like, oh she's in God. so many movies. You pieces of shit. Oh, they I'm wanted to watch it now. They wanted to yeah. see Knock Knock, but yeah, they wanted to see uh, Blade Runner 2049. I just we I should just know. we should have them as guests on the show and just berate them the entire. Oh yeah, just that's the only time they'd that sue we, us though. We, they'd sue us. They'd sue they, us. They would probably sue us. Yeah. The, oh, we we went on the show to plead our case. Not there to was get no under boss on their show either. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. Who would you sue? And for what? It's, <laughs> yeah, who would you sue? And we'll take we'll use the, the movie world uh, for not having a certain character in a movie that you expected to, to have in a movie. Let's hypothetical. 
Hypothetical question. Look, I'm going to I'm going to sue Denis for not having enough Zendaya in Dune. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. That's very That's cool. a fair point. Dude, she's in all the marketing and then it's yeah. just like she's just like Paul Paul. Paul. And then, hey, who, oh, who, who would Zendaya? you sue? Um I, I wouldn't even sue. I mean, there's a bunch of scenes in like there's a scene in Far and uh, sorry in um no way. Uh, oh my god. Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. In the trailer you see Spider-Man and Iron Man f- swinging and flying beside each other. That scene is not in the movie. That was just made for the marketing. And it's Even a different situation. Infinity War did the same thing. Infinity War, they're all running, yeah. But it's different because we got better versions of those scenes in the movies and the shows. It's just you make things for marketing so you don't give away what's in your movie. It's just, yeah. this is just a, a, a thing of a cut character. That's it. Like, fuck you guys. I'm surprised, like, so d- you know, the Snyder people didn't sue. Warner oh, Brothers. Yeah. I, think, having yeah. I think they did actually. I think they did there start. I think is. they did start lawsuits, but obviously they didn't go anywhere. This one is wild to me that it's being picked up, but I'm sure because it's such a funny, stupid article, people are picking it up. But honestly, Connor and Peter, I don't even not listening, but go fuck yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like uh, <laughs> they're just worried that uh, they're some of our biggest fans supporters out there. <laughs> they're wearing like the movie podcast will be on our side. <laughs> they're wearing they're wearing our shirts. We don't even have merch out yet, but they're wearing our shirts at the hearing. <laughs> God, it's just ridiculous. The next few news stories or the next, I guess, bunch of news stories. Um, these are just going to be quick updates. So I'm going to say them, and I'm just going to get your thoughts on them. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go wait, rapid wait. fire. One, one word. One word thought yeah. about it. Okay. One word thought on each one. Yeah. Okay. From each of you. Squid Game Season 2 confirmed. Unnecessary. Great. Dana Radcliffe to play Weird Al Yankovic in biopic for Roku. Weird. Super weird. <laughs> <laughs> hyphenated it's hyphenated i thought i thought anthony was going to say al because <laughs> you said okay live action aristocrats uh, aristocats in development at disney cats too no need <laughs> no need a christmas story 2 coming with peter billingsley set to return not needed unnecessary i'm down Okay. Uh, new, I, I guess we'll make it two to three words since you guys aren't following the rules <laughs> I, that you guys set I, out. Okay. I said, no, we didn't set the rules out. I, I was just like, look, I, if I could expand on them more, like with, with Squid Game season two, the, the season one ends perfectly. You don't need a season two, but hey, if they're doing it, they must have a great idea. So I'm all down for okay. it. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a few seconds each to respond to them if you need the time. Cool. New Transformers animated movie set for release date of 2024. Yeah, I'm down. I like cartoons. <laughs> Mary El- oh, Turtles. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead joins a Sokotano series. Down for this. Wicked. A hundred percent. Knives Out 2 sets release date. Uh, sorry, release 20. Sorry. Let me start this again. Knives Out 2 to release late 2022. Fall Festival debut likely. <laughs> Fall Festivview? Fall Festivview. Fall Festivview? Yeah. Did I say that? Yeah. Fall Festival debut. <laughs> See, it's just too many of these two, 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 two sounds. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say TIFF 2022. Yeah. That's that's my response. Yeah. TIFF 2022. Here for it. Knives Out no? 2. I haven't seen one. This is going to be a little bit longer. But how the hell is this movie coming out in Mission Impossible? <laughs> 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 a lot less they stunts. Have, like, more, more cast members than I can even count on my 
hands. Yeah, but ridiculous. Yeah, 100%. I'm cool. That's cool. Let's okay. There's still time to, ni- to name it Two Knives, Two Outs. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skydance, which controls the rights to Terminator, moves its first look deal from Paramount to Apple. Again, Paramount's been losing a lot of shit the last couple of years to streaming services or selling a bunch of stuff to streaming services. And this is another thing from Paramount going to Apple. How are they making money, um, man? They haven't released a movie in forever, it feels like. Like, yep. what's going on here? Jackass 2 is about to make $2 billion. I hope you Two know. $2 billion? Two billion. Oh, I think you said two million. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds more right. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. And, I mean, Apple's yeah. Apple's got the Apple's got the Apple's doing a great job, by the way, with how they make movies and shows. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I can't wait to see Tim Cook show up as the Terminator. <laughs> TX. <laughs> To, 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 to Tim. Uh, Godzilla and Legendary's MonsterVerse is headed to the small screen as a live-action Apple TV series. Don't need it. Nuke the monsters. Oh. No. <laughs> S-E-E, or C, the production company behind Tom Cruise's space film, plans to build a film studio in space by the end of 2024. This, this film studio in space will probably release before Mission Impossible 7. Yeah. That's ambitious. Like I'm, I, I mean, I don't know what it takes to make a film studio, but also I feel like making one in space has got to be harder. Yeah, it's a waste of money. Oh yeah, we we can do space without being in space. Like yeah, they've done a few. I yeah. I rather have documentaries in space and like Tom Cruise making a movie in space because I know what space looks like. We can do it CG. Yeah, we're but gonna I'd like have we're, the real space. <laughs> it's so funny. This movie's going to come out like another story we're going to talk about very soon in trailers where people are going to look at it and be like, is that, isn't that just CG? Like, no, that's, that's real. But again, why, why? Uh, but that's finally, we made it to the end of the news. It took us about an hour to do so, uh, but that's the end. So let's get into some trailers. Trailers. Oh, trailers. Was, okay. Did you guys, did you guys both come in at the same time? Yeah. Cause you, we didn't. We God, didn't. We didn't choreograph it. Right? I, I. I don't think I did because I. I didn't hear Anthony yet when I started, and then he kind of came in halfway into my trailer. So I was like, you know what, man? At the end of the day, okay, you live and you learn. Listen, we'll be back together next week, so don't worry. This. This. This buffoonery will cease then yes uh we have a bunch of trailers this week uh starting off with moon knight we got our first official look at moon knight this dropped last monday um so we've had a week to let this marinate i think this trailer looks awesome this show looks dark as hell and it's it has like some of the most uh views on a marvel show trailer i think i think it may broke a record for being one of the highest debut trailers for a marvel disney plus show which is pretty interesting considering most people don't know who Moon Knight is. Mm-hmm. I like Any thoughts on the trailer? I, I did yeah. like the, the trailer. It, it did showcase um, Mark Spector as, you know, the, the crazy person that he is in the comics and, like, dealing with this personality that is Moon Knight and not knowing who, you know, who's in charge of what. But I, I, yeah. um, I, I was trying to figure out, like, was Mark british but then i don't know if he's british that's one of his that's one of his so mark yeah mark isn't british i think it's like steven something his that's one of his british like alter egos so like it's kind of leaning into that but i'm sure like as we see the show we'll get a bunch of his different thing i'm hoping he gives like oscar isaac is a brilliant actor so if it's just anything like split and having his different personalities like james mcavoy is awesome Shay, how about you yeah this looks really cool i'm excited for this kind of gave me like the mummy vibes 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely mummy vibes. This is, uh, you know, coming full circle being (laughs) Apocalypse and going to Moon Knight. Yeah, true. Back to Egypt. Like, it's it's good to have Oscar Isaac come back to a Marvel character, but done in a proper way. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and he's played uh he's played Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 2099. Um uh, Miguel uh Yes. Like on the last name. Miguel uh, yes. But like just just in terms of like live action. O'Hara, like, Miguel O'Hara, that's it. It's good to have him come back to a char- to a to the Marvel oh, universe sure. and not be at this weird gimmicky looking person. Yeah, just purple painted face dude yeah ridiculous um the next the rest of the trailers i'm going to just discuss but if there's anything here you want to talk about stop me okay we got the cuphead show which is a netflix show based on the video game severance which is an apple tv plus original series coming we crashed which is another apple tv plus original series the sky is everywhere which is an a24 film which is also going to be on apple tv plus fallout um, the Wonderful Winter of Mickey Mouse, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, this is what I was alluding to earlier when I said that um, the open that we we got the name for the Lord of the Rings show. They did this whole epic like lava turning into the logo thing happening, and a lot of the internet was like, "Oh, this looks like really shitty CG. Is this what we're to expect?" And then they literally released a video showing how they did that all practically. Um, Shay, what did you think of the the name of the show, and what do you think of this teaser? I, I I dug it. I mean, I didn't think it looked like shitty CG personally. Um, and when I saw the I mean, it's the internet for you, yeah. When I saw the um making up, I was like, damn, that's really fucking cool. Like they, it kind of reinstilled some faith in whatever they're trying to do for me because you know the original Lord of the Rings trilogy was so reliant on you know combining the marriage of what's real, what can be shown on camera, and also CG, and if. I don't think this show is going to be really not relying on CG because CG just makes life easier. But to see that kind of gave me some faith. Anthony, how about yourself? I loved it. I didn't like, even if it was CG, I'm like, where is this bad CG? Yeah. Where's the issue? Reminded me of like a Burger King commercial. And I know that sounds funny, but like, you know how they, they make (laughs) those mocked up like, uh, yes, how they do the Coke and it's the rings and all of that. Yeah. So like that was, sick camera work because you had a camera that's positioned in a certain way. It has to move a certain way. Like that's, that's art on on its own, but yeah, I dug it and I like the name. I'm, I know this is, I think, I don't know if it's going to be the first age or the second age, but I'm down for Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm again, this is that nostalgia part that we talked about in the beginning. What characters will we see from the original Lord of the Rings that we know so fond of in this new version because you know elrond is there and maybe gandalf who knows i don't know how old these people are but um i'm always looking forward to lord of the rings that lore is phenomenal uh yeah so this is set i'm just going to read you the press release that amazon did send sent us uh earlier this week the television series complete title was unveiled today and the significance behind the subtle uh, the subtitle will not be lost on jrr tolkien fans foreshadowing an epic story that wields the major events of tolkien's second age together the forging of the iconic rings uh so yeah that is the second um that is the second age we'll be dealing with and i like that we're telling a story within the world of the Lord of the Rings that's still tied to things that we love. Like Anthony says, again, it's, this is a legacy prequel now 
where it's so far removed from what we know later, but still has its ties to obviously the Lord of the Rings. But now we get to see all of the rings that were set up at the beginning of Fellowship. I believe, so this is really cool. And I believe we probably will see, you think we'll see a battle? A battle of the ring? Like, you know, like the beginning of Lord of the Rings, that For battle? For one ring? For that one ring, Isildur, you know, when he cuts his hand yeah, off. I don't know. Do you, do you I, think that that's where it'll end in this TV series? I, I, I maybe. I mean, because like be these sorry. characters are also thousands of years old, but I don't think we'll see anyone tied directly to the cast that we know from the original trilogy. Uh, maybe not yet, or if they're even going to be related to it at all, because Peter Jackson isn't attached to this. But there is enough lineage there with Howard Shore coming back as a composer, and there's a lot to this. So I just can't wait to see what this is actually going to be. So this is coming out in September. So about six months away from now, we'll be able to watch some Lord of the Rings, or I guess, when is September? Nine months away. The most expensive television show ever made. Yeah, and Lord knows Amazon has the money to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other trailer we got this week, which I was super excited for, is the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Uh, I have such a blast with these games, and um, I wanted to include this in the trailers because this is telling the story of the movies, but in Lego form, which is so fun. And um, Anthony, I know you just spent a good chunk of your time playing Lego The Hobbit, uh, and you platinumed it as well, so congratulations. So you, you think you're ready for some more Lego come April? um why not yeah like I, i'm down for a seven or sorry a nine movie arc of lego why not yeah the amount of characters i have to unlock now and <laughs> i can't i can't fathom the uh the amount of hours i'll be spending but yeah it looks great i'm 100 uh, percent on board to play it awesome shay how about you you excited oh yeah i'm pumped this looks great um i'm excited to play it yeah Excellent. Out this week. We don't have much coming out this week, but I did want to give a special shout out to our friend of the show, Case Kirby, um, and his fellow uh, co-director, Timothy Stratavant. So I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Um, They just debuted their short film, The Voices, which is on YouTube right now. We'll put the link in our show notes. Uh, So if you want to check them out, uh, Case is such a great supporter of our show, and we wanted to pay him back with supporting what he creates as well. Let's get into what we're watching. Anthony, I'm going to get you to start us off. Yeah. So this week I've been watching Euphoria. The Righteous Gemstones, Peacemaker. I put on uh, Umbrella Academy. This is my second viewing of the show. Really enjoying it. Uh, Red Rocket, The Book of Boba Fett. I watched some NFL playoffs and I played some Horizon Zero Dawn, which is nice. a PS4 game that has been updated to PS5 and it was on sale two weeks ago. So I bought it. I'm going to play it. I know there's a new one coming out in February. So uh, maybe. I'll buy that, but right now I'm just yeah, playing that. You're getting ready? Nice. Yeah, I, ready. I, I like like you, I uh, I finally finished it. This has been a game that has been on my list to play for about five years. It came out literally two weeks before the Switch and Breath of the Wild came out in 2017. So um, I started playing it, and then I got lost in Breath of the Wild, like a lot of the world did that year and continue to. And um, again, not taking anything away from Horizon Zero Dawn, I think it's one of the most beautiful-looking games. And um, I like the story, but I'm just... I. I I pushed myself to finish it. Um, I didn't connect with the story as much as I hoped I would. Uh, But, I mean, with the sequel coming out, I'm hoping that they do address a lot of, I think, the quality of life issues that the game does, I think, suffer from. But other than that, I did have a good time playing it. So I'm excited to see what comes next uh, with uh, with, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. 
Yeah, um, that uh, exactly how I feel. Like I don't know if I'll go into the second story yet, but I'll finish this and see where I'm. I leave off at. But uh, I do want to talk about Red Rocket because I know it's a movie that it's been getting a lot of praise, and you know Simon Rex might get nominated for Best Actor, and it's an A two four film, and this was an interesting movie that I you know put on because I I just the trailer made it seem like this very florida projects this is again directed by sean baker and it tells the story of like this porn star who simon rex plays and he goes back to his hometown and he's trying to he's trying to like make a living and trying to like hustle his way back to being successful and he uh it's an interesting story because how these how sean baker makes his stories are very grounded so it feels like this is something you would have found in this rural area of Texas, uh, certain persons, character characteristics of those environments. But, you know, I found myself disconnected from the movie. A lot of times I've been uh, jumping to my phone and not really paying attention because the story is super, super long. And yes, Simon Rex does a great job of acting and putting on this performance, but the story is really long and you kind of get bored with this, this plot that, you know, that's being told to you. Um, but, uh, you know, like if I can, if I were to give it a review, I would say definitely stream it. It's, it's an interesting story. It dives into a lot of like, you, you're not really a fan of the character of, of um, Simon Rex. He, I think his name in the movie is, oh, he had like a, a porn, Mikey Saber. That's his, <laughs> that's his name. So, yeah, there there are funny parts to it, but like the length of it really hurts the funny parts, and the pacing kind of slows down. And he's not he's not the best person. He's like he's not this character that you root for. You actually don't root for him. You don't root for anyone. There's no rootable person. But again, it's that story that just like the Florida Project is just telling something that feels so real that could actually be happening right now in the world. Um, and that's what you know, Sean Baker does so well at. Uh, but I would say definitely stream it. It's not something you have to like go to the theaters to watch, uh, wait for it to show up on a streaming platform. Um, Which or, is not too long now. I think it's um, first or second week of February. It will be available on um, on iTunes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Shay, how about yourself? What did you watch this week? Uh, Meet the Fockers. I don't know why. I just kind of went back to it. It's been a while since I watched that movie, so I just decided to go back. Um uh, been watching Love is Blind <laughs> season two. I don't really watch many... Um, reality shows but there's something about this i think because i watched it at the season one at the beginning of the pandemic um it just kind of oh yeah i remember that yeah, yeah it kind of like made me go you know what we have the show for now you know and it, it, i think it comes out in february so uh, yeah i'll just dive into it uh i rewatched the after party again i can't wait for the show to come out um next week now right Next week, the twenty eighth. Yeah. So, or oh, sorry, this week. This out this week, this week is the oh, after so party. Yeah. Along with the voices, make sure to watch the after party <laughs> on yes. on uh, Apple TV Plus because my God, is this show just phenomenal? Uh, absolutely loving it. I can't. I, I just keep rewatching it. Um, Righteous Gemstones, which was uh, which can't which is. I mean, we're watching the next episode today, I guess. Or we already watched it by the time you're listening to this. Um, Peacemaker, the Book of Boba Fett. Man, I feel like. I feel like I'm really, it's like a chore watching Book of Boba Fett. Like I really have to push myself to, to really enjoy it. Um, I went back to a show that I 
watch when it first came out, like the first two episodes or three episodes, uh, which is what we do in the shadows based on the 2014 movie uh, by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Um, this show is so damn good. Like I'm absolutely loving it. I can't stop watching it. It's so funny. It is just the right kind of humor. Um, yeah. Like it, if you, even if you haven't seen the original movie, you're not going to be lost. It, the show really just kind of gets you up to speed. I highly recommend it. It is just the, it's absolutely hilarious. If you like Taika Waititi's humor, you're going to dig this kind of show. Uh, what else? What else do we have here? I also started Clone High. Now, Clone High nice. is, is a show that, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller created in 2003, I think it was. Um, and, I, I couldn't watch it as a kid because it was a mature show. It was on late at night. And like, my mom was like, hell no, you're not watching this. And so I, re- so I started it now as an adult and I'm, I'm really digging it. It's super funny. It's very young Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Um, it is, it is a, a, an R rated show. So that's definitely there, but I, I'm really enjoying it. I, and I'm, I know the revival is coming next year, maybe, or the year after, hopefully um, on HBO max. So I'm excited for when that comes out, I get to watch that and be caught up for it too. Luckily there's only one season of the show out and there's 30 minute long episodes. There's only 13 of them. So I'll, I'll be done it pretty soon. I also went and rewatched the born ultimatum while I was kind of redoing my room because those are comfort movies to me. I love watching the first three born films on repeat definitely yeah like there's movies that you just you could put on easily knowing that they're on in the background and you could tune in and not worry about what you're missing or anything like that right uh yeah for myself this week like you guys righteous gemstones was the a show that i just have such a great time watching uh i decided to go back to star wars the bad batch which is a show we reviewed the first three episodes for last year and i've been watching it i have a couple episodes left and man I absolutely love this show. This is probably some of the best Star Wars content that we've gotten in the last couple of years. And I think not a lot of people are talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch. It's such a, just a well-written show, such incredible action. And the, what the scenery is just beautiful. There's there's moments where I'm just like, oh my God, like the visuals in the show are just gorgeous. And if a show, if this show could be nominated for like cinematography, it would be that. Because it's like it's up there with some like of these vistas that you would see like in a Pixar movie were just like these beautiful sunsets and silhouettes and with like these amazing cities or these landscapes. It's just a beautiful show and has great characters. And when you have a show where your main characters are all clones of one another, they still, every voice still feels distinct. Every actor and performance feels very distinct in it. And I definitely encourage you to check it out on Disney plus um, because the other show I've been watching this week, the book of Boba Fett, like you guys said, it's been a real chore. And I think this week, out of most weeks, I think this is the weakest episode of the series. There's a lot happening in the show that I feel is just not clicking with me, and it's just not telling an interesting story, especially when you have Boba Fett, who's hardly in his armor. Not that it has to define him, but I mean, it's Boba Fett. That is his look. That's what you want to see. Um, and it just feels like anytime he's injured, he'll go to his like healing bath or will have the, these weird um jumps and jarring cuts to yeah, uh, flashback it just you know his epsom salts uh so there's just a lot happening in the show that just feels like okay like we're not going anywhere but i will say the last 30 seconds of this week's episode did get me like damn it i guess i have to tune in next week because it sounds like uh we're going to be seeing uh mando popping up in the series uh next week we'll see um because i was in a weird mood and i was just i'm like let me watch some star wars that's also kind of just 
I know it enough just to have it in the background. I put on Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and this was like at two in the morning. I put the show on just to fall asleep. This movie on just to fall asleep to. Don't ask me why it happened, and we're gonna move on. Uh, Peacemaker. I can't say enough things, uh, enough good things about the show. I love the show. Um, I'm so excited to see where this season goes off to, and things are really popping off for these characters. I think Vigilante is becoming one of my favorite, you know rookies of the year if we look at later this year of all the new characters that were introduced in shows and movies i think vigilante will be up there and i think mvps and rookies of the year of just like new characters that are really leaving their mark um and i've already spoken about horizon zero dawn so there is no need to talk about it further anything you guys want to talk about before we close up this monumentally long news week that we had no i think i think that's it go watch the after party that's it. That's that's what we're going to leave you on. We're not going to even close the show. Just say go watch the after party. Anthony, how about yourself? No, I think um, we summarized the week pretty well. I don't think there's not anything else to talk about till next week. We yeah, have more news. And like I said, <laughs> and yeah, next week, like I said, we will be talking about our most anticipated movies of the year. So please make sure to write into the show at hello at the moviepodcast.ca. Let us know what movies and shows you're looking forward to this year. You could also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd and write into us there and let us know. We're going to be putting out our stories where you can respond to directly. So look out for those later in the week. And don't forget, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for our review episodes and all the latest movies and series. This week, you could tune into our review of Pam and Tommy that is dropping on Wednesday at 12 a.m., eastern time so you can listen to us then if you're on the west coast that'll be live at 9 p.m like i said make sure you're following us across all of our social media feeds check out our show notes for those links and more that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next <laughs>